some happy days, some happy times going on in a little place called Leicester. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know where Leicester is over there. I'm sure my next guest can point to it on the map. I don't know if I'll put him on the spot. If he volunteers it, fine. But what is going on over there is one of the truly unbelievable stories, sports or otherwise, that we've heard of in a while. A team that started the Premier League. So again, if you're not a soccer fan, if you're not a soccer follower, the Premier League is the highest league of English soccer. It is where the star players and the best teams are. And this little team, relatively speaking, that started the year as 5,000 to 1 underdogs. You could have got 5,000 to 1 odds that they would win one. Well, joining me to try and explain how this happened, why this happened, and why this is so important, John McGrain, Hamilton, Mr. Soccer in Hamilton, uh, former Olympic team player for Canada, former pro. Uh, He's done everything. John, thanks for doing this tonight. Hey, it's my pleasure, Scott. Have you ever been to Leicester City? Uh, if you've ever been to Leicester, you don't ever mention you've been from Leicester. <laughs> Why is that? What's that? Why is that? Is, is, does it have a poor reputation in the English world? It's the same way of being from Glasgow. It's a tough town. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a tough town, but it's a partying town tonight because of what is going on. It, tell me, tell the people... Why is this such a big deal? Because certainly it seems to have caught the attention of not just soccer or football fans around the world, but of a lot of other people who just love a great story. Well, let's put it this way. Leicester City hasn't won the league title since 1926. Uh, uh, I think my grandfather at that time was probably a teenager. Uh, the, the, The reason why it's captured the imagination of a lot of people is because last year it took them almost the last game of the season to prevent themselves from being relegated into the Championship League. So not only were they one of the worst teams in the league last year, uh, without spending any extra money, keeping most of the players that they had, they turned around and won the Premier League. So what happened? Well, you know what? Uh, I think Ranieri had a lot to do with it. I think he was the right man for the job. Uh, They had some very, very young and talented players. And then again, you've got a guy like Jamie Vardy, who is uh, like three or four years ago, he was playing in the sixth division of professional soccer in England, and he's now the second leading goal scorer and player of the year. So I think there was a lot of stardust, or I won't say angel dust, but stardust that was sprinkled on that team because it was highly unlikely. That's why there were 5,000 to one. That, that player you talked about who actually finished second in the scoring, Luke, my producer here, is whispering in my ear, he actually had a day job just a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you, it, it was more than a snake's belly. I mean, you couldn't get any further uh, down the toilet than this guy was. And he believed in himself, and he kept plowing away at it. And, uh, and not only did he have a great season, but he has now played himself on, I think, to the starting role with uh, Harry Kane for England in the Euros next month. How much of this, John, was actually everybody coming together and playing wonderfully, and what percentage of this was a little bit of luck? I mean, I didn't obviously see all their games. How many times did the ball bounce right for them, which, you know, you would think had to play into this somehow? Well, I have to be honest with you. I mean, I enjoy and I've always been a Manchester United fan. And my son and I would sit down in the basement on a Saturday and watch the game. Uh, but for the last, 
probably eight to ten weeks, I've always made sure that I watch Leicester play because it's not because it's a fairy tale story. I love the way they play. They play with enthusiasm. They close people down all over the field. They never give up. And they've got some talented players on their team. And it's just a pleasure to watch. It's the complete antithesis of defensive football. This team just decided, you know, we're going to go for it. We don't care. And you know what? They were putting the ball in the back of the net. And they beat a lot of big teams this year. It's not easy to win the English Premier Division. Because the English Premier Division, in my opinion, is the toughest league in the world. Well, a big part of this, and, and I'm hoping you can explain this for the next minute or two, is the economics of this. And that's part of what makes this story so ridiculous, because the economics of the money that the big teams spend compared to what Lester spends. Explain how that works. Well, it's my understanding that they only spend about 150 The, the team on the field, I believe, cost about $150 million. Now, in comparison... Manchester City spent probably close to $600,000 on that team. Uh, so from an economic standpoint, Leicester City couldn't afford to go out and, uh, and buy top players in the world. But what they did do is it leaned very heavily on their, uh, uh, on their youth system, on their academy system, and they brought a lot of players uh, into it. And I tell you what, they must have done Superman stuff because they were the fittest team in the English Premier Division. So when you combine their fitness, uh, you know, with their belief and, uh, and some talent, uh, I mean, would this ever happen again? I would have to say no. You'll never see anything like the story of Leicester City again in any sport. It is. I mean, it, I'm trying to think of a of a comparable. And before the show, Luke and I were talking here, and I, I said, "Well, if the Leafs had won the Stanley Cup this past year with the roster it had, and even then, I don't think that would have been five thousand to one." Well, to, to be honest with you, there is no comparable. I was I've been spending a lot of time thinking about comparables. Uh, I can't think of one. Uh, keeping in mind that if you understand the English Premier Division. A team who was bottom of the league the year before didn't make any changes to the squad and go ahead and win it. I mean, that means to win the English Premier Division, you've got to beat Arsenal a couple of times. You've got to beat Chelsea a couple of times. You've got to beat Manchester City and Manchester United. I mean, that's just the top teams, but even the teams in the middle, you know, like Crystal Palace and Swansea and Southampton, there are no easy games in the English Premier Division. It's the hardest league to win. You'll always find in some leagues in the world, maybe five or six teams that are, a, that are a gimme when it comes to getting three points. There are no gimme games, with the exception of Aston Villa, uh, in the English Premier Division. So when you say Leicester win it, I mean, they won it with character and skill. So let, let's, I mean, the best example then, based on how you just described it, would be this is Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson, but having to do it eight times in the games that they played against the top teams in the league that year. So he beats him not just the one time, but eight times. No, absolutely. That's exactly what it would have to be. I mean, you'd have to beat him eight times. And, uh, you know, no matter what they say about Buster Douglas, I mean, that was, a, that was a great victory, but he couldn't repeat it again. But, uh, no, I mean, it's just it's the story of the world right now. I mean, it's, it's world news, even here in Canada, where we don't have a professional league and we're talking about Leicester City. Uh, and why is that, John? I mean, you're, you're a guy who lives in the soccer world. You're surrounded by soccer people all the time. So clearly you're... 
your friends and the people you talk to are going to be into this, but why has it grabbed the attention of so many other people? Because it's a Cinderella story. It's a feel-good story. Uh, you know, there are people out there and in the English Premier Division who figure, and New York Yankees used to do it in baseball. The Leafs used to do it before a salary cap, and the Montreal Canadiens used to do it before a salary cap in the NHL. Uh, there are people out there who are buying success. You know, uh, Arab Oil that owns uh, Manchester City and, and so forth. I mean, you could, there's no salary cap in English Premier Division, so you could spend as much as you want to buy a team. And this is a club that is the antithesis of big money clubs. They're the little guy. And by the way, that are you know just over a hundred miles from London, north of London, and it's a very industrial city. And uh, they're the unlikeliest group to have ever done this. And that's why people around the world uh, are so embracing this because of the fact it's one up for the little guy. John, generally success brings pressure, that next year the expectation will be with most teams that you would say, you know what, you won it, you proved you can do it, so I expect that you're going to do the same thing next year. Is there a single person alive, even anybody on that team, that believes they could repeat? Oh, I think, uh, I think it's going to turn the English Premier League uh, division on its head because uh, it's, it's going to come down to can we pre- what it has done, actually, it's shown to the English league that if they you know, believe in their academy system and give the kids a chance to play instead of bringing in foreign players, that English players can do well. I mean, there's a lot of English players on that team who probably wouldn't get a shout with anybody else because they're not big names, they're not big money, and prove that they can win the league. So if, if anything, it's going to prove that you don't have to buy the best talent in the world to have the best team in the English Premier League. So I think if, if any mark that's going to be left is give English players a chance because they can do the business. But if they don't repeat next year, will people look at them and say, oh, you know what, you fell off and it was a disappointment, or will they say, no, you know what, you get slack from us because I can't believe you did it the first time? The only comparable I can give you is the nineteen eighty. Uh, Olympics when the USA beat Russia. Okay. That when it was done, it was a, what they called a miracle on ice. Yep. And it wouldn't matter if, if the Russians beat them for the next 25 times. They always remember that memorable game. Right, of course, yeah. Whether, whether Leicester repeat next year or not, and I think they've got the capability and the talent with a couple of additions to really compete for it next year, we will always remember the the story of Leicester City in 2016. John, just before I let you go, you're a guy who, in addition to your illustrious on-field career, has uh, been a general manager, been a coach. You've been involved in the administration. How many general managers in the Premier League have been called into the offices of their board or of their owner to say, wait a second, you spent 18 times more than Leicester City and we lost. Explain yourself. Oh, I'd love to be a fly in the wall at Manchester City. I'd love to be a fly in the wall. Actually, I think uh, even if Van Gaal wins the uh, uh, the FA Cup and he gets them into the Final Four for the Champions League, uh, I think he's gone. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be uh, required to answer some very, very tough questions. Uh, the, but the problem is, is that a lot of these clubs have to buy foreign talent because they've not invested in the development system, in their academy system. 
So that they'll have to change the mentality over the next five to ten years and develop English players. But that doesn't get the general managers off the hook who haven't done the investing in their academy. No, that's true. But up until this point, that's the way things have been done. Whether it's Chelsea, whether it's Arsenal, whether it's Manchester United. Uh, you know, Tottenham Hotspur and Leicester City have shown the Premier League that they can win with English talent that's come through the academy system. So now that it's been done, it will now change the mentality of what to do moving forward. And I believe that is what the future is going to hold for a lot of clubs. The Manchester Cities, Manchester United, Chelsea, they will always be who they are because of the money behind them. But it's going to give a lot of the smaller clubs an opportunity, like West Ham, Southampton, give them the opportunity to continue to develop players uh, because the Leicester City has shown that you can compete. Just before I let you go, John, does this have the potential long-term to actually, as, as much as it may sound like an overstatement, to change soccer around the world? Because if all of a sudden the English teams, the very wealthy teams, are saying we're going to start working on developing our academy and not buying the good foreign players, that would presumably mean many of those foreign players would stay in their own leagues, in their own country, which would seemingly then make soccer better everywhere. No, I think what Leicester City has done has been a wake-up call all around the world to those owners, including Real Madrid and Barcelona that just got knocked out of the... I mean, they probably get the highest budget around Barcelona, uh, and they couldn't even get into the semifinals of uh, of the Champions League. So... Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are spending a lot of money and getting very little return on it are going to be asking the exact same questions. Uh, you know, we need to change. You know, uh, if, I can win a, if I can win a La Liga championship without spending $600 million, so be it. So I think it's going to change the mentality of buying talent as opposed to homegrown talent being developed. It's, it's, it's now put it in the forefront for discussion. And I think there's a lot of clubs right now are probably having that discussion. John McGrain, Mr. Soccer from the Hamilton area. Thanks for doing this as always, John. Appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure, Scott. Take care of yourself.